Welcome to another edition of Montana Values Podcast. I'm your producer, Mickey Lapp. A wise person once said, some people are real, some people are good, and some people are fake. And some people are real good at being fake. There is one candidate in the race for Montana governor that, in the opinion of MVP, is as phony as a $3 bill. We not only believe this candidate to be a faker, he's also got a criminal record that's very recent. Let's jump headfirst into this candidate's lack of Montana values with our host, Tammy Fisher. But first, let's review the 2016 Republican platform, and I quote, To all who stand strong in the face of danger so that the American people may be protected against it, the men and women of our military, of our law enforcement, and the first responders of every community in our land and to their families, end quote. Page 10 of the same platform informs us, quote, the rule of law is the foundation of our republic. Page 39, in honoring the sacrifices of our law enforcement and first responders, reiterates our devotion to rule of law. We recommit ourselves as individuals and as a party to the rule of law and the pursuit of justice. On this principle, we cannot equivocate as Republicans or Montanans. So when a candidate for any office has a recent criminal history, or worse, commits a crime while in office, that candidate, under the principle set forth in the Republican platform, is disqualified from office. And a millionaire with corporate experience is subject to the same standard. A recent criminal history bars him from consideration. And if the Republican Party leaders won't inform Greg Gianforte and the good people of the state of Montana of Greg Gianforte's disqualifying characteristics from holding public office, we will. We cannot tolerate equivocating on the adherence to the rule of law standard. It is the reason why law enforcement leans Republican, and it is the primary reason why I became Republican. So we have a candidate with many faults, but his primary fault is his criminal record, committing a crime on the eve of an election. Here's the audio of the assault. And yeah, you we'll talk it. to you about that later. Yeah, but there's not going to be time. I'm just curious if you okay, have to Speak right with now. Shane, please. But you don't. I'm tired of you guys. The last time you came here, you did the same thing. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. The last guy did the same thing. You were the guardian? Yes, and you just broke my glasses. You, the last guy did the same damn thing. You just body slammed me and broke my glasses. Get the hell out of here. If you'd like me to get the hot up here, I'd also like to call the police. Can I get you guys' names? Hey, you gotta leave. He just body slammed me. You gotta leave. But anyone who enters politics should know tough questions will be asked. Responding to tough questions is not only part of the job interview, it's a large part of the actual job of a legislator. To respond with an assault, even when you don't believe the question is appropriate, reveals character. And if after the assault, the candidate acts with cowardice rather than accountability, the full measure of one's character is revealed. And this is precisely what Mr. Gianforte did. He assaulted a reporter, and then, rather than immediately apologizing and taking accountability, he hid and allowed his campaign spokesman to bash and blame the victim. It was only after coming under significant political pressure that Mr. Gianforte apologized. And that, friends, is an act of cowardice. In Mr. Gianforte's sentencing hearing, where he pled guilty to the assault, the victim, Ben Jacobs, 
warned of the slippery slope inherent in allowing candidates with poor character and disregard for rule of law to obtain leadership positions. One, no doubt that actions like these were an aberration for Congressman-elect Tim Forte personally. I worry that in the context of our political debate, it's become increasingly common. In recent years, our discourse has grown increasingly rancorous, increasingly vile. This needs to stop. There will always be fundamental political disagreements in our society. However, these need not become personal and certainly should never become violent. I just hope that this court's decision could send a strong message about the necessity of civil discourse in our country, the important role of a free press, and the need to help heal our political system. Uh, I just want to say I'm sorry. And uh, if and when you're ready, I look forward to sitting down with you in this. Do you want to stay the standstill? Or no. Oh, I... No, you're right. That's, that's all you wanted to do? That's all I wanted to do. Okay. Um, but it is something that I've been tossing around, is if, if you do come in and you do plead guilty, looking at the crime itself, even with your criminal background and everything that you've done, is it something that I would normally, in open court, to somebody that came in in jeans and a T-shirt, give them the same sentence? And in an unprovoked attack such as this, I would be for um, no jail time. Well, we'll make you do 40 hours of community service um, in lieu of that jail time. We'll have you sign up for that through court services. And then what I would also do is uh, do 20 hours of anger management. We should listen to Mr. Jacobs as a crime victim. And as Republicans and Montanans, we must stand up for the rule of law because the penalty for having no standards for candidates is severe. We will lose law enforcement support. We will have no credibility. And the constitutional foundation upon which we stand will crumble. And yet, Mr. Gianforte continues to try to buy his way into leadership positions under the Republican banner, favoring cowardice and money infusions over hard work, respectful dialogue, consensus building and meeting with the very people he is supposed to serve. Michael Steele, the former leader of the Republican National Committee, explains how ill-fit Greg Gianforte is to hold office. Michael Steele, let me start with you. You led this party for many years. My question is, do you think that this is a joking matter, or do you believe that you might have some sympathy for Greg Gianforte, as one member suggested? Oh, I don't have any sympathy for what he did. Absolutely not. I think it's stupid and boneheaded. You know, put your big boy pants on. You want to come to Washington and play up here with these guys with a Washington press corps? Are you kidding me? And this is your reaction? It's it's beyond crazy. You know, look, I'm, I'm a Republican from Maryland in Washington, D.C. So you live in that crucible with a hot press all the time. That's that's how you forge your own strength to, to go out and do your job and to represent your people. If you can't even answer a question on the CBO, what are you going to do when it's really important questions like, you know, the, the, the essence of health care, taking, you know, people off of health care, putting people on health care? This is this is not complicated stuff for any candidate. You keep a cool head. You're up in the polls going into Election Day. You take the question and you move on. That was 2016. Did Gianforte's cowardice end there? Nope. He carried it through to the 2018 election when he refused to answer the question of a woman who ran against him. Listen to this. And final thought on this topic from Ms. Williams. Well, Congressman, you did express support for Graham Cassidy, didn't you? Congressman? 
Um, I think that's a yes. Kathleen Williams deserved to have her question answered. Instead, Gianforte ignored her, as I would guess he does to most women who question him. But this is the pattern, folks. He refuses to answer questions that he doesn't think, because of his own hubris, deserve an answer. Our lone congressman is supposed to represent all of Montana, whether Democrat, Republican, Independent, Libertarian, or anyone in between. To pick and choose those who he deems worthy of responding to is the height of arrogance. And his arrogance rings loud and clear throughout Montana. Greg Gianforte is so cowardly, he won't debate in the current primary and refuses to answer questions from Montanans who want answers. Answers to questions like, Hey, Greg, why'd you run for Congress if you really wanted to be governor? Hey, Greg, why would you leave a safe Republican seat in Congress and forfeit it for your own selfish desires to be governor? Hey, Greg, why won't you hold any town halls where everyday Montanans can ask questions other than the canned, prepackaged, and pre-approved questions vetted by your campaign? Gene Forte is banking on name recognition and his money to get him past the finish line in the Republican primary. He refused to attend the November 2019 debate, and he refused to attend the April 2020 debate because of, quote, scheduling conflicts. Congress wasn't in session for either of the scheduled debates. And all Montanans were under shelter-in-place orders in April. Gianforte had an empty schedule. Rather than answer to Montanans, he is hiding and adding hundreds of thousands of dollars to his campaign coffers in an attempt to buy Montana votes without ever having to actually meet with the Montana voters. He doesn't like us, Montana. He views us as a means to an end. He doesn't like hard questions that Montanans ask. He thinks he's better than us. And he doesn't think he has to stoop to our level in order to obtain the power he so craves. Add to his cowardice the fact that he blatantly turned his back on the Republican Party when he left a safe seat in Congress that he begged us for to jump ship less than a year later to the governor race. He is the epitome of a copper king willing to trample on anyone including Montana and its Republican Party, to get what he wants. Gianforte is banking on his name recognition and his money to carry him through the primary. But he knows he can't beat the Democrat and the general, and we all know it too. Montana isn't willing to give up the top chair to an arrogant criminal whose negatives might be the highest of any elected official in Montana. Every time he speaks, you can feel his arrogance. He doesn't have time for us petty commoners, and he certainly doesn't want us to ask him any tough questions. The governor of Montana has to work with the state legislature that includes both Democrats and Republicans. And we've now seen how he treats Democrats who dare ask him a question. He's dismissive and arrogant. Montana won't stand for that in the governor's chair. As one of 435 in Congress, he can be as arrogant and out of touch as Washington, D.C. without harming Montana. But there is no way Montana will allow him to take over as chair of the board of Montana. That would hit too close to home for many Montanans. The fact is, Montanans like nice people in their governor's chair. Democrat or Republican, we look for people we perceive as nice and humble to run the state. Mark Roscoe, Judy Martz, Steve Bullock, all of these folks were perceived as nice and harmless to Montanans. It was their likability that got them elected. And this is where Gianforte is a clear miss. 
He will give up a safe Republican seat in Congress to run for an election in a seat he cannot win. If Montana only looked for a candidate with CEO experience to run the state, Gianforte would have beat Bullock in 2016. He didn't win then, and he won't win now. Add to this, he just dumped another $500,000 of his own money into his campaign coffers to buy the primary. A primary where he has spent over a million dollars of his own money to win. And if his support was so great, he wouldn't need to throw in his own cash. And isn't that what we want, Montana? Montana elections to be won by candidates with Montana support, not a personal pocketbook and PAC support. And after funding his campaign, self-funding his campaign, like within days of it, his campaign manager had the audacity to say, quote, the level of enthusiasm and support for Greg's campaign clearly demonstrates Montanans are excited for Greg to bring his vision for Montana to the governor's office. That's horseshit. Are we in the twilight zone? The only Montanan excited for Greg to bring his vision to Montana is Greg Gianforte. Never forget, it's his money, not Montanans that are supporting this election. We are at a critical point in Montana. And we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to sell Montana's soul to the highest bidder? Are we willing to sacrifice all of the values that have made this state great to a guy that won't answer our questions, dismisses women who dare ask him a question, places self-service above public service, who clearly thinks he's better than we are, and who is otherwise just an unlikable guy? Gianforte might think if he just puts his head down, isn't seen in public, doesn't attend a debate, and just funnels money into advertising that he can buy the governor's seat. But we don't see how that could happen in the Montana we know and love. The governor's seat is worth more than a buck a vote. And Montana's soul is priceless. We can hire any talking head we want to vote the party line. But Montana expects more than a party vote. Whenever I hear... Yeah, bad character, but votes right. I lose my ever-loving mind because it's our job as Montanans and parents to ensure we do our part to put folks in office that we want our kids to look up to. And it is a slippery slope to allow a Montana political position to be bought by a millionaire with deficient character and a criminal history. Montanans are proud of the state and should be proud of who represents the state at all levels of government. Greg Gianforte turned his back on Montana values and the Republican platform long ago. He doesn't deserve to wear the Republican brand, and he is not worthy to hold a leadership position. It's for these reasons we believe the only way we can restore credibility to the state Republican Party is to ensure Greg Gianforte never makes it to the governor's chair. We cannot honor rule of law and our law enforcement and elect a criminal. It's really that simple. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Check us out on our website, montanavaluespodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at MTValues. Find us on Podbean at Montana Values and at iTunes. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.